All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to just tap in again for another moment, another opportunity to just truly share the love of Christ, talk about servant leadership, and I get the opportunity to do that today with an amazing servant leader. I try not to be biased, y'all. But one thing we've been taught all through life is family is family, right? And so not only do we have an amazing servant leader who's a corporate trainer, he's a purpose coach. I want to say a purpose-driven coach, and you'll get what I'm saying in a moment about that. Award-winning speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's a pastor. He's a husband. He's a father. But most of all, he is my fam. We go way back. I'm super excited to have him today. We have Pastor Willie Hall, but I'm going to say Will Power on with us today. Such an amazing man of God who has allowed him to just come into his life and be a vessel. And so, because I want to tell you, thank you, right? I tell people all the time, time is such a precious gift because once you give it, you can't give that time back. Now that we're parents, can you believe that? Now that we're parents, right. we know how <laughs> valuable time truly is. So I just thank you so much. And I'm going to pass the torch to you, man, so you can say hello to our listeners and we'll get this conversation started. <laughs> What's going on, family? Uh, like my cousin said, it's your Man, Will, aka Will Power. Um, cool thing, cool fact. I'm gonna throw this in because so I changed my name about a year okay. and a half ago from Willie to William. So that's Come just on, transformation. But okay. as we talking, as we on the show, we'll we'll get into that transformation. We we'll get into how I've come to this apex and where I stand for in life and having a different understanding of what a servant leader is. So again, but before I jump into anything, before I give anyone my, my definition of servant leadership, or what that means to me and what, how that definition has matured throughout the years to what I think it is now, I have to shout out to my cuz. I have to. This is family. This is going to be a different show. So we got to <laughs> give you all some some genuity genuity because of the the length of time we've known one another you know dating yeah. back to to middle school and then like finding out like oh we we are we cousins i thought, <laughs> I thought they were, everybody in midway was related but that's for real we cousins so. <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> and so you know thinking back to to high school really really thinking back to high school how we were and we were just kind of talking about this before we jumped on guys where you know, Cuz said she saw it in me that I will become the, the man that I am today. And she was already operating, you know, within the realm of leadership, even on the uh, high, girls' basketball team in high school. It was just like, you know, that's tested with the J. If we're going to win, we're just going to pass the ball to Kelly. We're going to let make sure she knocked down the J, and then we're going to go home and we're going to win, baby. That's how we're going to do it. That's the play. It looked like something off loving basketball. Just give the ball to Chelsea. <laughs> Perfect. Got it, Coach Dion. I got it. We're going to do it. And, you know, and on, on the other side of that, you she, she had such an amazing voice. So if it wasn't she on her on the basketball court, it was her and her sister and other cousins just singing all over the place, you know, sharing this, this gift of God. So to see what we are right now, to really kind of take it all in, you know, it's, it kind of makes you a little emotional because you have to have those things. You have to have high school. You have to have your tribulations. You have to have your tests. You have to have those experiences. We'll really just 
kind of test the will that has been placed into you. They kind of they kind of pull at your spirit, or it kind of make you want to change in the direction of where you thought your soul was going to lie. But you know, throughout all of that, we've come to a point where we're not young, like ladies and gentlemen, we're not young. I don't know. I don't know about cuz. I know cuz had some knee problems in high school. You know, I'm dealing with, <laughs> you know, they ride but I don't claim that. I don't claim it. I don't care what the doctor say. I don't claim it. But in the same token, we we've grown to be, you know, in our 30s. I won't tell you how old we are. We've grown to be in our 30s, and it's a blessing. And you know, and as much as as you go through different seasons of when you're grieving or when you're on an up because you got promoted or when you just got a little change in your pocket and you thanking God and you're trying to understand how to thank the God, thank God for the good and the bad. This is the opportunity my cousin has created a space for people in leadership to share those experiences. So that's the overarching picture, y'all. Like that's what you get out of listening to this show every time that you tune in. If you hear my voice, if you don't hear my voice, you hear another man or one woman of God. It's to give back as to what we ought to do as what the word tells us to do is to share one another's burdens. And we do that by telling other people how we got through that test, how we got through that trial, how we won that game, how we overcome that enemy, but how we gained victory. So this is the platform for it. So thank you, cuz. Thank you for allowing me to be on here. I promise you I'm overly excited. This is crazy to me. You just, I have so much built up right now. God has revealed so much for me um, here in the, in the coming years. And I really think that you're going to be a part of it. I can't really, I'm, I'm like Joshua right now. It's like, you, you you can't really say what it is, but you can give a piece and a part of it. So I'm going to give you some pieces <laughs> and some parts of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm with it. Parts of it. And, and then we're going to go from there. So now that I got that out, now let's get back to the show, y'all. So now we were just talking just now. So we're going to get to the show now. Servant leadership. What does that mean to me? Um, the first thing throughout, throughout my life, you know, we, the first glimpse because I'm very visual that I've seen of servant leadership would have been you know the diagram or the picture where you have four workers and you have the leader either telling them what to do or you have the leader in front of them you know lead them as they lead them as they're doing it and so for a long time that was my idea of servant leadership or how I should mold my life into making sure that whatever space that I'm in, whether it be personally or professionally, that I'm doing exactly what I'm asking others to do. Or if I am if I can't do it right now, I've done it before, so I have some experience within that realm. Well, that experience builds forth knowledge, and then it pulls forward where that experience can turn into word if you're writing books about it. So in servant leadership, I automatically go back to Christ Jesus. Now, in that standpoint, it's like, oh boy, that's a... a yeah, we can't we can't even mount up. There's no way I can do what he has done. There's no way. I struggle with it every day. Even when I think about that for somebody I don't know. Some days I'm good and some days I'm like, eh, I don't like people. <laughs> but hey, let's we, be real about it. <laughs> like, that's, be honest, that's all, that's, but that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to feel that way. So when I think about Christ Jesus and I think about the diagram and I think about that, you know, he was the word and flesh on earth. And he came because God so loved the world that he, we know the rest. So if he so loved the world that he sent his own only begotten son to die for our sins, we always group that into what we say, okay, he died so we may have salvation. And it's like, so when people, when you tell people that, now I'm a pastor. So when you tell people that, it don't really ring a bell. Like, what, what do you mean? Especially if they have no background and no sense or have, 
they don't know when God has showed up in their life, then they're not necessarily going to attach to, oh, okay, he's going to pray for salvation. So, you know, I don't want to be on the street corner yelling at people talking about you're going to die if you don't gain salvation because they're looking at you like, I'm going to have to Google salvation. <laughs> exactly. So what has happened throughout the years as I've seen these things, as I've been in ministry and, and been a part of multiple ministries in, in, in a lot of different ways, actually three now that I think about, uh, think about it, I've gained two ordinations throughout that period of time just by the grace of God and, and, and assignment and being being called to do it because I definitely didn't want to do it. And we might talk about that today, but I definitely didn't want to be in ministry. So when I think about all those things, I've come to this definition of servant uh, leadership because what we have to remember that God sent what we sent, he sent Christ to earth for our sins, that 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 was a, a display, that was an action. So if we think about servant leadership, it always revolves around this action. And if it revolves around this action, then that action is indicative and it's a, it's a result of the love that he had for us. So a servant leader is somebody that is going out and they're operating through love with action to show it. So everything that they do, they're doing it out of love to show somebody else how it should be done. You have to do it through action. See, the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of Christ coming to earth to die for our sins was the fulfillment of God's love for us. But Come if on. he didn't do that, then how will we gain salvation? So sometimes we overcomplicate the whole thing by saying, oh, okay, well, I got to do all this. I got to stick to this, that, and the third. It's like, no. What he ultimately wants you to do is just like it says in Philippians, is for you to love more and more. Just continue to love. Because if you operate out of love and you truly love somebody, then the action has to come behind it. So that's come that's on, what man. God has shown us. It's not that difficult. It's I love you, so I'm going to do this for you. I love you. I know you get on my nerves, but because I love you, I'm going to always show up for you. See, those are the type of things that he's telling us. Those are the type of things that we have to do and attach to the people that are assigned to us, whether it be your kids, whether it be your family, your, your relatives, because sometimes that's the toughest ones, especially ones that are older than you. You know, especially mm -hmm. the ones that we were just talking about. You know, y'all been here for a little while, but I don't think y'all finished the whole Bible. I think you probably <laughs> just got it from what that person told you in the pulpit, and you didn't read it for yourself. So what I need you to do is read it for yourself, because while you get mad at me, that's not what the word said. So please don't get mad at me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's real talk. But that's what that's what my definition of uh, being a servant and leader is, um, just operating for something more than you, greater than you. See, there's three stages in this enlightenment. They, they teach us this as we're going through uh, professional, not professional, but personal development. If you're trying to have this uh, self-manifestation of your purpose and who you, who you are to be, you go through three stages. From the first stage is kind of how you come out. You don't really have a bearing on life. You're trying to gain your footing. You're trying to gain your ground. And then you move on to the next stage when you start to manifest your purpose when you start to understand who you are and what what you can bring to this world when you understand exactly your identity and what it is that you can benefit to others and then you start to operate within that so that helps you to understand what your purpose is but the third stage is, is the largest stage and that stage is when you move past focusing on what you are your identity and start focusing on those around you and so what has gone already shown and what God has shown us is when he sent Christ, it, he was meeting us where we were. See, he had to send the word in flesh. That's what Christ was. It was the word mm -hmm. in flesh. So if, if we think about it from that standpoint and we think about it, sometimes in love, we have to meet people where they are, even though we really don't want to do that. Because if you remember in, 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 
Christ's story in the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't remember him just saying, oh, play, I got it. I'm going to go ahead and down this cross and I'm good with it. I was still feeling that, Lord. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't He didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. He said, oh, boy, if you can take this cup of me. And I don't know anybody that has bled tears. But he wanted to have it removed so bad that he bled tears. That's so right. you think about the full scope of it. So it's, he died for all of us. So in the same token as to how we, how we are to operate in the example of Christ, we have to think about it, your servant leadership. Are you doing it for more than just you? Come on. That's big, man. And let me tell you why, right? Because we've been doing this for three years now. Um, it's amazing to say that and even walk in that. And Amen. like what we were talking about when we first got on, Anybody that knows me, you truly know me, you know that at the end of the day, even if I don't love you, and this is this is God's, the, the proof that he lives in me, even if I don't, well, I love everyone, but even if we're not seeing eye to eye, right. like you and I were talking about, we came on here, I am always moving drawn to serve. That is when you recognize your maturation in Christ. And so, it, as we talked about at the very beginning, in the thick of the pandemic, when God laid this on my heart, it was like, no, you don't mean me. There's no way because you know I don't do spotlight. That, no. Like, I will move, I will serve, I, I I don't boast and talk about what I do and how I help. And it was like, no, I didn't make a mistake. This is what I need for you to do. But I love it because it truly has redefined in the correct way servant leadership the true way to serve and lead as Christ did. And so when you open up and you talk about servant leadership, you can't talk about servant leadership without speaking about the true blueprint of a servant leader, which is Jesus Christ. And the biggest thing that you said is if indeed I do it in love, that's the part that always is missing. Right. If indeed I do it in love, the actions will follow. Right. Oftentimes, the reason why the actions don't follow is because you're not doing it in love. The other Absolutely. thing you said, especially stage three, was the part that was so important, where you said, when I get to this stage, I move past my identity, and I start to focus on the people around me. That's when you truly understand, right? Yeah, like you said, he said, take this cup from me, right? It wasn't like, yep, let's do this, let's ride, I'm down, right? But mm -hmm. the simple fact right. that you knew the right. reason behind it and everyone around you, that this greatest right. act of servant leadership was going to forever affect and change the people around you. And that was dope because that was a big time. Thank you. I'm reading your shirt and I've been doing this, right? So I just <laughs> wanted to politely wait for your point to be done because that was the first thing I noticed. And it says, faith is the engine. God's will is the power. Talk to me about that, because I knew. I know there's a word off that. I can go about five different ways off just that one quote. Talk to us about that, please. All right, so I'm going to add on to what I was just saying. So once we have that love, we're acting out of love. We're acting out of love. When we start to actually assure that what we're doing is actually what we should be doing, 
And so when we're taking a step, you know, it's wobbly. You know, we're like, oh, I don't know about this one. I don't know if anybody's ever been on the balance beam, but your legs start shaking real bad. Or maybe if you've been in the gym and did too many squats and then you try to get up and walk too fast and then your, your leg noodle a little bit. Or maybe you've been trying to put on some heels and you haven't worn heels in a long time and your <laughs> leg That's a little bit. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I touch everybody that may be listening so you can understand what I'm saying. When you start to take those steps, even though you know that God loves you, you're still uncertain. You still are saying, oh, I don't know if this is what I should be doing because sometimes you get caught in between, This is this what I want to do? Is, is this what God is telling me to do? And because of that confusion, which is not of God, you tend to not take steps. So maybe that first step, because it's so wobbly, you don't plan it firmly on the ground so you can't really take that step so in order to get yourself going you got to have a little faith see the word tells us that you know if you have faith as small as a mustard seed that you can mm -hmm. move that mountain you can say mm -hmm. mountain be moved into the sea that's mm -hmm. what the word says it said just a, just a little bit of faith just a little bit of faith but the word also tells us that faith without works is dead so you can say you believe in something all day, but if you have no intentionality, you won't do anything about it. But if you believe what it is that he's told you to do to keep moving forward, then faith has now become your engine. And what drives you as you continue to take your steps is God is, is God's will over your life. You got to think about this God's will over your life because sometimes he allows us to go in the wrong direction just like he, he did with the children of Israel, just so we can learn some things to come back around the corner. Come on, and so man. as we're doing it, because we were already struggling with, am I doing this the right way? Am I doing this the wrong way? I'm doing this the God way? Or am I doing this the my way? I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm still walking. So I have to understand that I have to stay in, I have to stay connected with God. I have to stay in communication with God. I have to meditate on his word day and night because otherwise I will lose my faith and then my engine will die, and now I'm stuck on the side of the road. So the quote, faith is the engine, God's will is the power, is to keep you grounded simply and saying, hey, as I'm taking these steps, as I'm driving as to what I think I should be doing, let me make sure I stay in connection with God, because I know that he's going to propel me forward, that he will make my, my crooked crooked paths straight. He will make Come my on. narrow paths bigger. He will open up provision for what it is that he will have me to do. So that's what we have to understand that we don't need to overcomplicate the word. We just have to simplify it. So in that thought process, faith is the engine. God's will is the power. And that is part of how I came up with my willpower. Uh oh, I think we may have lost you, cuz. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I think okay. it paused for a second. I had to turn yeah. the stuff off the Wi-Fi. Yeah, I got you. It's okay. But look, I laugh because I always tell people, boy, when them nuggets start flowing out, that's when the enemy be wanting to freeze things up. And it's like, no, it's right. okay. Because we got it. We got it. You know, right. but I, I love that you, I love, <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said it, though, because I think more than anything, the key piece is we forget who's the driver, right. right? And so what I do know is I drive my car every day. Do not ask me anything about the parts, how to fix it. You know, when I take my car in and then they say, I said, no, 
talk to me in a way that I would understand, right? right? But here's the thing, and I translate that on purpose because if I know who the driver is, I don't need to know all the parts, right? All I need to know is that I'm going to send and see. It's almost like when you get on that flight and they, they list you all the safety. This is what you need to do in case of emergency XYZ. Sit down, buckle up, and we'll reach our destination. Then they tap in every now and again. Okay. Right. Thank you, Lord. They tap in every now and again and say, we've reached the altitude of such and such, such thousand feet, right? So they'll uh -huh. tap in. And I translate that because God is the pilot, right? right. Get your butt on the plane. Sit in the seat I assigned you. Come on, cuz. Thank you, Lord. Right. Sit in the seat I assigned you. And I need you to buckle up. It's going to be some turbulence. Right. Some turbulence. They told you that. They, they, they made you that. aware of that, right? Yep. But I'm going to tell you this. Here is now the instruction manual. When the stewardess gets up and they say, this is where you go here, this is what your manual is that word. Just like in the word where he tells you, in this life, you will, no pun intended, you will have trouble. He didn't you say will. you may, you might, possibly. He said you will have trouble. But then he said this, he said, take heart for I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. So regardless of that turbulence, regardless of, you know, how fretful I may be, it may be storming and raging when I look out that window. But what I do know is that there's a destination to be had. And if I just follow the manual, if I trust the driver, I trust the pilot, even through the turbulence, I know that guys got it. Absolutely. And Come that's the hey. That right there, cause because you know that the add on to that, that's that's how we reciprocate the love back for God. Because if we're saying we love God, then why we have a problem following his will? Come on. That's that's our display. The word tells us I give myself as a holy uh, as a as a sacrifice only acceptable unto you. That's my only reasonable service. That's the only thing I can do that's reasonable. That's reasonable. It's, it's not that it will fulfill what has already been done for us. No, it's reasonable. Mm -hmm. So in that reason, why do we overcomplicate it? See, that, that sir, that's, man, being, being a servant leadership is understanding that, hey, I don't have to do this alone. That's the Come other on. part. I don't have to do this alone. See, the, the funny thing about being behind somebody as you telling them what to do, let's say if this is, was an army, let's say y'all was fighting a war, maybe it's just a a dance battle. Let's make it, you know, PG thirteen. It's a dance battle. <laughs> they keep they keep losing. Everybody above you keep losing because you're not showing them exactly what dance moves need to be done. So as y'all doing some kind of single elimination, they just you know the other team looks like dodgeball. They boop, come on. boop, boop. Now you're on the court by yourself. The wonderful thing about you, how this communication will work. And if you ever get to a point where you truly don't understand what you're doing, hey, Holy Spirit, what he said again now? Come on. How, what you, he said, uh, okay, so run this play at the end of the game, not the other play, because we lost last game running that play. <laughs> so you said run the other one. All right, all right. We're going to see, because I ain't really want to run. I, okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to share my opinion. I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just do it. And if you just do it, just, just follow one. through with it. Just follow through with it. Because what other, the other part of that, I love sports analogy. So we gonna, I'm going to wrap another one in. The other analogy is as you're doing it, 
your faith muscles start to grow. Your spirit man starts to grow. Your conviction starts to grow. So what happens at that point, you can't help but go and take the right step. You can't help but do it because now you're in it. It ain't you can't shrink those muscles. They don't go back down. It's not like flesh. It's not like flesh. When your spirit muscles grow up, it ain't no, oh boy, I need to, I need to go jogging more. I think I've been in the weight room too much. But see, when you go through stuff and you also learn how to communicate with God and you understand when the Holy Spirit is whispering in your ear, you start really paying attention. Really paying attention. You start to take note yourself. You start to take note yourself. Like it's and you'll you'll find in situations. I give you an example of of not having to do it by yourself in that servant leadership and using your resources and putting on the people that you know have the same heart, mind, and spirit that you do about loving and being there for people. The other thing is just oh, because let me calm down real quick. Come on, uh-uh. don't you dare! <laughs> you stay right there. <laughs> other thing, start to notice we. Have had a situation the other day. I can't really say what the item was. Let's say it was, I'm, okay, got it. I was just in Tallahassee. Uh, so um, um, the, the my grandma who connected, connects us for us to be cousins from that standpoint, she is, uh, she's essentially, I think she's having some spinal, you know, mm-hmm. complications. Um, not really being able to be mobile type of thing. So I went down there to visit her. Now, when we went on when I was packing for the trip, the Holy Spirit told me pack an extra, and I'm gonna use this, so I'm just paraphrasing. I don't want to say what it actually is. Uh, <laughs> pack an extra charger. Okay. I'm like, okay, but I got a charger in my bag, and I got. I know if you're gonna need an extra charger, but it's it's only one me. I don't really need more than one charger. I mean, if I take my work phone, it's okay if it goes dead. I plug it back in eventually. It's okay. So. Me not, me not harkening, feeling that harkens to my spirit. I said, okay, I'm going to just leave that charger here. We get down to Tallahassee. My wife doesn't have her charge. And see, sometimes that's all it is. So if you're paying attention, you'll realize that God is and the Holy Spirit, they're going to communicate with you quite often like that. And so mm-hmm. the reason that it keeps happening that way is like, I just want to give you paying attention. Because if you're paying attention, then I do the exact same thing. The way I'm telling you about that charger is the same way I tell you about your purpose. The same mm-hmm. way I told you about that charger be the same way I told you what it is that I have laid for you. The same way I told you about that charger with the same way that I, I tell you about the plans to give you hope in the future. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. all ties to the word. And so in that servant leadership, that uh, if, if I had to pack that charger, then I would have showed up even more as a leader because of family. So sometimes we don't need a sports team. We don't. Sometimes we just need a child or sometimes you just need to have that balance in the household where you do more you have more leadership in this area because if it gets balanced, then it turns balance. And then how do we get back on balance? What the word tells us that, well, we got to communicate because as we build a relationship with God, this is it shows us how to have relationships here on earth. 
So in order to build that relationship with God, we got to be in prayer. We got to meditate. We have to understand that. Okay, this is when you're speaking to me. Or this is when I need to pay attention when it's not so abrupt so that I can take care of that need or whatever it is that I'm assigned to. And that's the same way we do it within our marriages, the same way we do it within our families. I just, I wish more people operated in that particular manner where they tried to find balance through love opposed to being off balance by pride. Come on. You just said a whole mouthful and I'm telling you, cause it, it literally, I'm telling you when it breaks up, you come right back in on the very thing that God is wanting you to say. So I, I just want you to know, don't you even worry about that. It's going to work itself out. But one of the things when you spoke about the Holy Spirit, right? I was listening to something the other day and I forget, I, I love to give credit, but I don't know who this young man's name was, but he mm. talked about, the video basically was talking about discernment and when you're connected to God, right? When you're connected to the Father, when you have a relationship and you are tapped in. Our servant leader, uh, my brother, Dennis McNulty, he says it's all the time. He, he's our brother, he's a pastor in Jersey, coach. But he says, you have to turn your ear to the mm -hmm. frequency of God. He said, you remember those old radio stations? He said, and see, what we do is we're much like when we're in between stations, right? Mm -hmm. You're hearing a song and the next thing you hear is a news station kind of trying to turn its way in. And he said, it's hard to hear. You can't focus on the song because you're now trying to hear what those words are, that, are, that are trying to penetrate. So then what do you do? You try to tune to get the station back right? You try to move the antenna to get the station back. And so, so often in this life as servant leaders, as, as Christ followers, that's what ends up happening. We're listening to him. We're trying to tune in and tune our ear to that frequency of Christ. But then we get derailed by, you know, other things. The noise is so loud that we can't understand, right? One of the things I always tell my girls, it's, you know, you know how God be Jim in the, in the, in the crowd at, at any sports, right? In the stadium, how it gets at a big game. Mm -hmm. And I say, I know it gets loud, but I need you to understand, you know my voice. Right. You know my voice. Well, I, I heard coaching. So yeah, the other team got a coach and the gym is filled with coaches, but I need you to know my voice. And as servant leaders, that is the portion about turning our ear to the frequency of Christ. See, it's that relationship. They know my voice because they know what I say. They can mock me. to. I know they do. Right. And sometimes I catch them, but they've known me. They've built a relationship with me. They've heard me. They've asked questions and trusted me for years. So the same way, it's a relationship. When I get to know the father, when right. I get to know him, I know his voice. So regardless of the distraction that may find its way entering the building, I can continuously turn that, that station. When somebody tries to impede those thoughts, I can turn that station. And when I can hear him, because when I can hear him, he will allow me to be able to see what I'm supposed to do, even when I try to doubt it, much like this podcast. It was like, girl, I know you heard what I, yes, you, nah, you don't want me to do that. I think there's just something that, oh, okay. So then I get locked out of my house, right? So we mm -hmm. sitting, waiting on Papa Lock. I've told this story a couple of times on here. And I'm like, okay, making a, a whole thing out of it. I get back inside. And then it was like, okay, since she didn't understand me, I told you to ask coaches. And now you got 50 coaches waiting to do this plan with you. Anything else? Right. You need something else? You know this was me. 
So stop playing and do what I asked you to do. But I know it was him, Willie, because mm -hmm. I tried him before, because I tap in, I turn my ear to the frequency. I built the relationship. And one of the things about it, and I'll say this and round up, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and move and guide you. Amen. That's it. Don't be wrong. That's it. That's it. It simplifies. It takes the anxiety away. Like, you know, before I said it builds your, your, your faith muscles, but it also allows your discernment to grow. And one thing, and so here's here's the other beautiful thing that I love about the Bible. I love about the Bible. And I'm and I'm gonna quote something that Coach uh, Willie Spears said, because I definitely, I was into that one. I watched a few other ones. <laughs> Bible, the acronym is a book of instruction before leaving earth. I was like, uh -huh. like that's just, I, wow. That's what you, that's what we should tell people. Like, even if, just to add this before I go into it, um, even if you don't know how to be a better human being, even if you don't want to believe that there is a God and there is there is a brother that came to die for our sins and he put, he brought us up there with him so that we may have salvation. If you don't want to believe all that, if you read the Bible, it makes you a better person. Point blank, point blank period. If, I, if you don't have any other instructional book to help you be a better human being, play, it don't get no better. It gets no better. But to go back to what you said, so we, you were talking about frequency. The cool thing about the Bible is it's, it's reciprocal. The spirit is one. God is in everything. But also, it also reveals itself in so many ways in the same way, but it always moves in a circle. So you earlier, you used the analogy about every time you get to a new altitude in the plane, that uh, it comes on the intercom and gives you an update as you move it. Come on. The cool thing about driving the old school car, I know some people might not know this, Chelsea. You know, you you if they ain't in the 87 cutlass, they might then <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to turn the they don't have to turn the, the dial to get to a new station. You know what I mean? Because it's you know the antenna is moving. So you gotta keep turning it because you gotta get it in the right direction. But either way right. it goes, even when you're moving old school, if you're driving along the road and you're in that 87 cutlass, the further you you get away from that tower, the more you gotta turn the frequency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. So the same way when you're moving up in different altitudes and it beats back in to let you know how your route is going and what's going on on your flight. It's the same way that you got to turn that frequency to understand that you are moving into new heights. So you got to listen to Come God. And, so you can't do the same things you did last year. So it can't be, oh, okay, I'm going to just fast. I'm going to fast for this day and then yeah, I'm going to be good for the year. Whatever it is that God is convicting you with, as Roman says, that conviction is for you. That's for Come you. On. That's not Anybody else, that's for you. So what he's telling you to do is how you are to continue to grow with him. Sometimes we put goals on the board and say, this is what I want to do all year. And I was just talking to my wife about this. Uh, sometimes you put goals on the board and say, hey, you know, God is telling me to do this. And God told me to do that. And then God started blessing you with a, a bunch of other stuff that wasn't even on the board. And you're like, well, I'm still being, I'm accomplishing things. I'm still being impactful, but it's not what I thought I wanted to do. And now you end up looking at, hold on now, I should have wrote a different vision board because God had a different plan for me. And so sometimes that's okay. But as that happens, again, that frequency is changing your, your ear to hearing that knock like, like Elijah, you're like, hold on, did, did you hear something? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to tell you might want to say something. <laughs> sometimes you got to be like that. You know, hey, hold on, wait a minute. Let me yeah. make sure it's right. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Come on. A lot of times. A lot of times. <laughs> most of the time, if not most of <laughs> It's probably. It's probably. Oh, boy, 99.9. .9. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> when yeah. you think about it, you process what you've been given to do, 
and you process it. Like at first, you're like, who he told me to do something? You get a little excited. You're like, yeah, I'm finna go through with whatever it is he told me to do. And then you sit down and think about it. When you sit down and think about it, this is how the devil works. When you sit down and start thinking about it, the devil starts. Pew, pew, yep. pew, pew. I told you could do it. I told you could do it. Yeah, I told you couldn't do it. You were not capable of it. You didn't have enough resources. You're not smart enough. You don't have the platform. You don't have enough followers. You don't have enough people that just want to hear your voice. Your voice is not good enough. Who you who you think you are? Who are you supposed to be? I'm a child of God. Come on. Point blank, period. So if he told me I can do something, if he told me I was supposed to be here, if that table was set for me, even though Come I thought on kill me and then i get to the table and y'all respecting me it's because god put me here come on so if he put me here i'm supposed to be here and i can be confident in that even though i might not be confident about myself but you know the crazy part there's two directions i want to go with that right and i'm gonna start off with this one because this also was in a uh, conversation uh with a couple of different servant leaders and myself and um you played sports, right? Hendrix trying to talk, so y'all may hear her in a second. Um, but you played sports, and so you know, um, my cousin played football, y'all. So <laughs> you know that when you're getting ready, who are some of the people in, in the conference? Um, who are some of y'all uh, people in the conference that y'all had to play? Uh, you mean the high school? College. College. So um, it would have been Bethune. Well, right, right. now it's Bethune, you. Right, um, so it's still the MIAC. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, think people have switched up now. Okay, so it's still the MIAC, right? So you knew as your coaches, right, and your position coach, when it came time to play those games, conference and non-conference, they gave you a scouting report. Right. Right? And so in that scouting report, it tells the strengths and the weaknesses of your opponent. Right? Uh-huh. You already know, and I'm laughing because I see it. So, but the other portion is, we would also be crazy as coaches and athletes and any part of that team to feel that Bethune was not scouting you all. Right. Right. I'll take it back to high school. Right. We went to Gobby High School in Tallahassee, y'all. Shout out Gobby Cougars, 17-17. Right. <laughs> but of course, when we played Rickers and Lincoln, we had a scout report and we knew that they had one on us. Right. Absolutely. Right? And so what I'm saying is in this life, when we move much like what you're saying, when, when, when God is speaking and calling us to do things and just like that altitude, and I mentioned turbulence, it's going to come, but here's the thing. Christ knows us. So does the enemy. Right. Absolutely. We maneuver sometimes it's like Jonathan McReynolds says in his um, song cycles, the devil learns from our mistakes, even if we don't. Even if you don't. He has the scouting report on us. We have the manual and the playbook in our word if we read it and study it and, and, and show ourselves approved. But that doesn't mean the enemy's like, oh, you know what? Dang, they're Christians. Let me leave them alone. <laughs> right. right, not at all. I tell anybody, I don't overlook any team, but let's be real here. I'm going to prepare differently for a rival or a great team as opposed to one that I know just isn't as good this year. Why would the enemy come to a person who is not trying to follow Christ? Right. It does, it, Why would the devil try to come and come on now, I do the scout report and I'm gonna be honest with you. I list everyone 
but everyone doesn't have scheme and tendency and their mm -hmm. strengths. I, I'm a list of leading score. I'm a list of top rebound, be rebounder. I'm a list of person we need to shut down. I'm not listing number 55 who never got in the game on any film that I saw. I'm going to put right. her down there because you never know. But that's not the one I'm worried about. And so the enemy is not worried about the person that won't pray, the person that won't follow Christ, the person that's not trying to be a servant leader. What are you worried about them for? They're already on the path that, that the enemy wants them on. He's worried about the person that's sold out. Right. He's worried about the servant leader. He's upset right now about me and you having this conversation right now. <laughs> Because he wanted us to be in a place where he tried to get us when we were in high school to right. steer the wrong way. He doesn't want to hear that we're parents and we're spouses and that we're, we're trying to build the kingdom. So therefore, just like the word and the, the scripture in our playbook, the devil will come at any point in time with his scout report saying, you know what? I know the tendencies of William. I know the tendencies of Chelsea. I know it. I know she ain't got no left hand. I know that he, he, you know, if he got to come block on this side, I know how to get him. Right. And that's how the devil works. And so as, as Christ followers and servant leaders, we have to be in a place much like you said, where we turn our ear again to that frequency, but also understand it as the altitude, as we move and mature in Christ, we get off that milk and start right. getting on meat. My grandpa, we said all the time, y'all got to get off that milk. Do so we got some mature Christians out here? Well, immature Christians out here that's been in the, you know, in the faith for years and you still on milk. Where it says that. It does. Got a spoon feed like a child. Listen, Hendrick's down there eating chicken. Okay. <laughs> and if you see it with a bone, trust me, you're going to be like, no, she is not about to be two. But again, a year ago, that was not the case. Right. And so as Christians, the way that we learn to manage the altitude is to make sure that we are embedded and we weaponize ourselves with the playbook, which is the word of God. Absolutely. I, I, to go back to the, you know, trying to simplify the message and trying to really bring forth, you know, what God is trying to tell us and, and, you know, just loving him with all our hearts. And the other part that I think people really have an issue with is treating people as you would treat yourself. They have an issue with that, with loving thy neighbor as thyself. They have an issue with that. And Ultimately, you combat that with love is what we ought to do. So one thing that I also share within my message and to simplify this is just like you said, cuz just like when you're doing that scouting before, you sort of play that, that that team, this team, that team. The one thing that just to add to that is when oftentimes, let's say you're about to have an undefeated season, you oftentimes lose to the unlikely team. Come on here. And you didn't give them a scouting report or you didn't really pay attention to them. So, but they were still an enemy. And so oftentimes we do that in our Christian walk. We don't really pay attention to the small things and we don't really pay attention to the full gap and the full perspective of things. And so we oftentimes think that, oh, okay, we are not in a fight. Hold on, time out. As soon as we were birthed from our mother's womb, we were birthed into sin. The fight Come began on. then. Come on. We were forever until the day that we leave this earth, even to even in transition until there's no more devil, we'll be in a fight. Job didn't just go through something because, you know, the, God, God actually picked out one. He was like, hold on, he actually pretty solid. Choose him. Just right. be solid. Job, right. I want the ball in his hands <laughs> with five seconds to go. Okay. <laughs> He's solid. And the devil's like, yeah, no, I don't think so, man. You bugging. Like, if I take all this away from him, 
he'll turn on you. I'm telling you, he'll turn on you. He'll join my team. Bets up. Let's do it. And we know the story is Joe. We, we know how that turned out. And I also associate, and I did, because I did a whole sermon. And uh, I forgot what my, my, my pastor told me. Uh, the lead pastor told me, my brother, he, I forgot how, you know, because he had all these big words. I can't remember what he called it. It was uh, something with an elegy at the end. I can't even tell you. But it was it was a <laughs> drawing a comparison between you and a character or a person in the Bible, however, however you want to uh, say it. And I drew to Job in such a way because I almost lost my life through the pandemic mm-hmm. from COVID. And I lost everything that I had built up until that point before almost being tested by my life. And so for people that know the story of Job, you know that that's how things started. They, they rolled downhill in that same order for them, for him. Also, his friends started to question his integrity, uh, question his character. I had to fight those battles as well. So whereas there was no there was no merit to it, but it still was in question. So to have experienced all that, why would I remove myself from the book of instruction that shows me that I can overcome it just because I want to say that I shouldn't have to go through it? Mm-hmm. I think that more than anything, and you hit the nail on that head, but I took what you just said, and I think that that's something that we should question ourselves on. You said the Lord knew Job was solid. That is a self-reflection every day. I laughed and joked about when there's five seconds left, right? My godmother mm-hmm. says it all the time. When it's five seconds left, I want the ball in your hands, right? Because I come through, right? Um, but indeed, right? Because my preparation, here's the thing. Kobe says this, and I tell my kids this all the time. The reason you fear competition is because you 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 can't trust your preparation. I don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, all right, Chelsea, let's see. How do we do this? Inhale. Exhale. I'll do that because right. I breathe every day. It's a no-brainer. Right. right. And so at the end of the day, when I tell them, like, shout out to servant leader uh Bobby Kelsey, get your butt in the gym. She's you know famous for that when she was coaching at Wisconsin. If I'm in the gym and I'm shooting jumper after jumper after jumper, or insert your sport, okay. Yeah, I know I'm basketball, but insert your sport, whatever you do, but repetition. Mm-hmm. allows me to be able to be prepared for competition, right? And so the reason why I fear competition, the reason why I fear turbulence as altitude increases is right. because I'm not prepared. And as you said, that thing hit me when you said <laughs> he knew Job was solid. I want him to know, like, you can try that one. You know, people say it all the time, now look, this one right there, that one right there, maybe. But that one right there, oh, you won't try that one. I want him to look at me as his servant and, and much like Job. They say, oh, no, you're not, no. I want the ball in her hands. That's what amazing. I, and I'm telling you, she's solid. She's not going to fold. I he want that. Did. I think that's, and that's the amazing thing. Because of your obedience, he already feels that way. He'll just want to figure it out. Come on. And that's what all of us. That's, that's what all of us. So there's a sevenfold ministry within within the body of Christ. Sevenfold ministry, right? A lot of times we 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 go we come across, and I'm gonna just try to simplify this. A lot of times we come across people that just want to be an apostle. Well, by the word, you know, that's in question because technically Christ is not here any longer. So 
can't technically be an apostle unless he's still here because, but we're not going to get into particulars about it or semantics, you know, but let's say, you know, you want to be a bishop, you want to start different churches, things of that nature. The one thing that we lose sight of when we're chasing after these titles, when we're chasing after these platforms and trying to be in places just because you feel like you can do it is sometimes you lose sight of what you're actually, what actually God has prepared you to do. Yeah, yeah. Mastery in what he's prepared you to do would be the best case. Like I've always heard, and one of the things I heard Bernie Bernie Mac say, because you know people try to attach to, oh, okay, well I can't I can't follow Christ, or I can't do that because I ain't, I'm gonna end up going broke. You know, usually people that follow God don't have no money. You know, they say they say stuff <laughs> like. But you know, one of the things Bernie Mac says is whatever God has placed on your heart is your talent to do. If you do that to the best of your ability, like you're doing it for God, if you master it, the money will be a side effect. Mm. He said he will he will never leave you nor forsake you. So if he's always going to provide provision, like he said, look at what I'm doing for the birds. If I'm doing that for them, Come then what on. you think about you? So if Come we from that standpoint, then we ought to be confident. But we can't be confident without understanding what the word tells us. See, I can't, I it will convict me and it will show if I'm on a platform and I didn't truly live or and display this in my everyday life, or if I'm not in my word, I wouldn't be able to tell you that and be able to have those scriptures roll off just like it was in the middle of a sentence as if I came up with them. No, I'm convicted by knowing my word so that when I touch people, I can do this one thing that usually when somebody is doesn't have a relationship with God, the bird tells us for those who do not have a relationship with God, they have not felt the love of God yet. And in order to feel the love of God, you, they need to feel that love from you, that servant leader. They need you to show up. And so he don't need you to be this title, that title, or anything of, of that nature. Whatever he has for you is going to be for you. We already know that. So, But if you're mad, giving you already and what he's prepared you for, then you're going to touch the people that he's assigned to you because you'll be able to save them from a life of detriment just off the love that he has given you, you have given to that person. He said, the funny thing about it is just like Maya Angelou told, uh, told us that people will, they oftentimes will forget what you said. They'll oftentimes forget what you did, but they will not forget how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we got to remember that when you're meeting somebody where they are, did you, and, and not, not, not I'm doing this because I love you. No, I'm doing this out of love. Let's, let's get that straight first. Cause that right there, we got to, we got to kill that 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 mantra, whoever goes by that motto, whoever says that anytime they cuss somebody out. No, no, nah, you ain't finna cuss me out and then tell me you did it because you love me. That don't that don't go together. That's right. <laughs> that don't go together. No, but but if you don't cuss me out and you try to meet me where I am and you try to come to me without those words and trying to be gentle, trying to operate within the fruits of the spirit, then hopefully with the help of God, that you will be able to hear what I'm trying to say to you so that you will be able to change what it is that I'm trying to change in your life that I see. And sometimes that's all we have to do. So what I'm saying is all that in a nutshell, because because you're operating in your assignment, because you're mastering that assignment, because you're on this platform, because you're on Spotify. Like, Shotty, we from Tallahassee and we on Spotify. <laughs> we not T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's be serious. Like, uh, let's go. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to have my voice cascaded uh, and disseminated in in California. What? 
My mama didn't want me to leave Tallahassee, let alone get on a plane, go out of the mm -hmm. country. That is what? Look, mm -hmm. this is it's only because of God. It's only mm -hmm. because of us knowing all these servant leaders, all these different coaches, all these man, you know, one of the most beautiful things about listening to your show are the things that they say about you when you when they come on to the show. That's one of the, I mean, if you cut the show off at that particular point, people should get something out of that. Because you're not asking somebody to say X, Y, and Z. You're not persuading them, hey, well, you know, when you open up and I said I'm gonna pass the torch, just give me something, say something real good about me, just so my listeners can know I'm for real. No, I'm <laughs> she's just for real. She's just for real. It's humbling, cause for sure. It's humbling. That's it. Because oftentimes, I, like like I said, and you probably look at it the same way I know you do, just off of me just saying that. It's like once you get to that level of discernment and in that frequency and you operating correctly as to into the best of your ability, he knows where your heart is placed and where it's settled, that you'll start to look back at the things that you've done. Like, I can't believe I did that. I didn't even mm -hmm. drink, drink that. I didn't even think I was going. Wow. Mm hmm <laughs> When they ask you, it's it's oh God. So you're not gonna tell me how you did it. I mean, right? Yeah. If you if that didn't do nothing for you, and I gotta explain it to you, then we already missing the mark. Now, granted, I know we gotta do we gotta do our work. We got some action items that we gotta carry forward. And you know, sometimes he'll throw throws a bone, and then something happened amazing in such an amazing and miraculous way that we can't really explain it. But it should be okay to say in this day and age, just like it was before, and just because we can't see that mountain be moving, just because we hadn't seen those waters be split, that I can say that because I'm here, it was God. So if you're looking for a miracle, then you can see it between the both of us. Mm -hmm. Because I should be here because of COVID. Let alone something else that happened in my in my at a point in time in my life when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I don't know the thing, all the things that you've been through, cuz, but I know that because you woke up this morning, that that Come was on. a let me tell Come you, on. childbirth. Woo! Come on. Come on. Woo! <laughs> woo. That thing that is such a miracle. I almost didn't want to see it again. Like, woo, buddy, <laughs> that, that is a God. Cause that should not be possible. Come on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Possible. Like, yeah, it's just, I'm still, it gives me chills to think about it. Like, I've literally watched the whole process. I've seen the pain. I felt the pain. I, I, I feel like one of my gifts that God has given me is an empath. So if I, if you're dealing with something and I touch you, then usually I can take it on too, but I can oftentimes help you with it. But in the same token, being there in that same, same moment, and then even the doctor noticed it. Here's the thing, because the doctor saw us connected. Through every contraction, through every push, he saw us contracted to the point he had to say something while it was going on. Maybe he hadn't seen that before. Mm -hmm. Maybe he hadn't mm -hmm. seen it before. But if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be able to do that because it's like, I got to be here for you because I can't do that. I don't even know. I ain't no way. <laughs> I think that's so golden, man. And he definitely built us different for that. It is a miraculous thing. But, you know, one of the things I'll say this as we start to close up, Anybody that listens to this podcast or you know me, you know that there's various people that I love and I love Christine Kane. Mm -hmm. I love her for various reasons, but one of them is because she gives things so plain. But one of the things that she always says, even with her accent and everything, she always says that impossible is where God starts. Mm -hmm. Miracles 
are what God does. And it gets me because it's like, we know what start means, right? Like start, and our start is zero. Like our start is like, I'm just starting blank canvas, Right. The start of the finish, I mean, start of the, you know, track and the 100 meter right here. The start of a game is a tip off. The start of football is a kickoff. We start at the minimum. Mm-hmm. But the God we serve starts at impossible. Mm. She goes further to say he does that because if impossible is where he starts, there's no question, much like you said, who did it? Pinterest was watching, she watched um, a couple of different things um, when I give her screen time. And there's one of the things that's called Mino's Kids. And it's like growing and learning Bible stories for kids, right? And I love it because then she listens to listeners' kids and they break the word down in kid form, right? Like down to her age. But I look because there's the way they break it down sometimes, I'm grown and I'm like, you know what? Take a note of that because now that makes sense, right? And one of, there's two that point out in the first one, it was talking about miracles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, little kid comes on and she's like, what's a miracle? And he said, oh, you know, whatever her little name was, a miracle is something that God does for you to know it's no one but him. And I was floored because I'm like, yes, that is very layman's terms. It is broken all the way down for someone her age. But I'm I'm mature in Christ and I'm like, wow, it blew me. And the second thing is it says there's a song, it's praise you to Lord, and then it breaks down, and the little bunny says, Praise, what's that? It's a yippee, Yahoo, way to go, God. <laughs> and I laugh because right, right. So of course, yes, it's like, yeah, you know, she's clapping, yippee, Yahoo, way to go, God, right? But I bring that full circle because to a man that does miracles every day. He's worthy to be praised, mm-hmm. right? And we we flake up and mess up and eliminate praising him for impossibilities, for miracles that he does. And so when you say, well, what's, what's praise? I don't know how to praise. I don't know. Really? But we go to a football game. They did this at my church one day. It was like, all right, ratless, okay. Seminoles, okay, I need you to get up and I need you to cheer like your team just made the game-winning basket or game-winning touchdown. And of course, you know, we know what we do. I mean, let's go. I know I be turned. Let's go. But I also know I praise God. And so I say that for a reason. Thank you, Lord. The reason I say that is because for the miracle working God, where impossible is where he starts. We just have to be a, do a better job at giving him the praise Absolutely. for the things that he's done. Much like you just said, you just said, sometimes I look, I'm just like, wow. Like people will look at that counts of our life. That's really why the miracles happen because he's working that miracle in me so that a bystander that's looking that may be confused about who he is and what he's done and wants to question, well, why should I trust him? Why, all I know is this, why should I trust him? I want my life to be in such a way that when I praise, when I worship, when the miracles are working through me, that people sit and say, look, I don't know where in the world or what in the world, but I want some of that. Absolutely. That's one of those, you know, you say to answer that question, why should I trust them? Because, you know, the interesting thing about how you say that 
your perception of me that let's say what it is you look like you're in good standards all the time like you, you got some cash in your pocket your bills are paid you're walking and covering yourself pretty well you're dressed pretty well you, you you seem to be in good spirits you're always happy and you ask me why should i trust god like why should you <laughs> why should you trust god because mm -hmm. the, what i'm going through you still see me this way come on like come Paul on. Said, we ought to be content at, in all things and in order to do that, you have to find a balance. And in order to find that balance, like it says in Philippians, I'm going to give you this because it's a little bit of my sermon that I'm going to have uh, in the Sunday coming up, okay? Yeah, and, send and me a link too. Nine, one and nine, this is part of my sermon. It says, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live a pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. What matters? That means prioritization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying what matters that means prioritization mm -hmm. the word teaches us prioritization the word teaches us how the household should be set it teaches us how ministry should be set it teaches us how we should layer our brains and how we should look at things and how we should guard our heart with diligence all those things see in order for as they say oh well Christians already always broke but we're rich to know above belief in faith because of our belief, because of the God we serve. That's what we have, that no matter what it looks like, because right now, like, like, like the word tells us, it's being stored up in heaven. Mm -hmm. So I might not see it in this life because I'm doing and I'm holding to, I'm holding myself and I'm convicted of the word. So this is what it's having me to do, but I'm doing it to the best of my ability. Like my, like my late aunt was a servant to no end. A choir member always showed up with somebody who was in 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 hurt in in need or somebody was hurt or they needed a, a pickup here or a drive there and went through pure hell, Chelsea. She went through pure hell, but always had a smile on her face and always showed up for God. And by showing up for God, she showed up for people. And people mm. say, well, I don't feel like she lived the life that she should have lived. I feel like she should have had more. No. She had exactly what she wanted because it fulfilled her. She lived serving, serving others until the day that she died. And today, to the day that God called her home, she that's what the way that she lived. I can only imagine what her mansion looks like in heaven. I can only imagine all the songs that she's singing right now. I can only imagine what her and Whitney talking about. If Whitney's there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine that. So we, we don't have to, yet again, get back to, to not complicating it. You, mm -hmm. Operate out of love and use what God has shown you and what He's taking you through to touch others. Serve That's others. You have to. You don't have to complicate it, because in that nature, things are going to happen. You're going to start a business. You're going to start a foundation here. You're going to volunteer here. You're going to want to do this for that person there. You're going to remove this person from drug addiction over here. You're going to get that person off the street, or you're going to talk that person out of suicide. You never know what it is that you're dealing with, why you're going through it, who you're going to be able to touch. But don't try to get outside of your box to be something that you're not, because he's made you a master of what, you, what he's brought you through. Mm. Come on. Be the man he brought you through. He, he gave the, like the like the men with the talents. He got so mad at the first one because he ain't duplicated. But in the same token, that's what how we are. We not gonna have. We all have gifts. The Bible tells us that. But we don't all have the same talent. No, we we didn't play cricket in high school. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, maybe you played cricket. I don't think we had a cricket team. Yeah, it was something that. That didn't do. 
we didn't have a video game uh, a league, a club, or whatever that's from that standpoint to know who was really good at those particular things. So we're all here, particular generations at particular time, to operate out of love, to use the talents and the things that he's brought forward for the betterment of his kingdom, not to bring it down. That's it. And unfortunately, what unfortunately is what technology is doing right now is you know it's taking us in the wrong direction, but that's a whole nother conversation. But ultimately, ultimately, guys, just use what he's giving you. Operate through love. Operate through love in everything that you do. And like the word tells it, do it as if you're doing it for God. Because if you're doing that, you can't go wrong. There you go. I love what you, what you said in that. Two things. Um, and then we'll ride off into the sunset. <laughs> One, you said about your aunt that she served God. So therefore, she served people, Right. And it's one of the things that I continue to say about a lot of things. I said this about my mom. She just retired for 44 years in education in Gadsden County. Um, and I called her the blueprint, right? I mean, granted, if you look at her and you look at me, yes, that's the easiest definition of why I say the blueprint. But the blueprint, because she's laid out everything in her actions, mm -hmm. but it was easy to do because she did it for the glory of God. But because of that, much like you said earlier, I'm now able to move past my identity and see the people around me. But you mentioned from the very point, everything that you said centered around moving out of love, just as Christ asked. And if we can do that and remember what the word says about love in Corinthians, what the word says about love in Romans, if we can do that, there's no question about if we're operating correctly, if we're following the blueprint. If, if I'm moving even in turbulence, as I move up on, on different altitudes, if I operate out of love, I'm going to be a true servant leader. Because uh, <laughs> you didn't have to come do it like that this evening now. You didn't have to do that now. <laughs> Man, I want to thank you. I know I said that in the beginning, but I, I, I think that it's just such a blessing, one, to see full circle, like you said, starting out as just kids, Right. And mm -hmm. as a county, Tallahassee, Florida, and seeing what we're doing now, but still operating out of love and still serving. That's the goal, like still just doing the will of God. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the family that you are leading. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. Like it's no words for it. And I'm just thankful to be able to be connected to you. I was proud then. I was when they, it was one thing to already have a friend, right? And mm -hmm. then for somebody to say, friends, that's your cousin. <laughs> that I mean, what greater blessing is that? And so just know that to be connected to you is an honor uh, and a blessing as I just continue to watch you build up the kingdom. I'm so proud of you. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you, cuz. I mean, those words are invaluable. Honestly, I don't, I, I, I think I've changed my perspective on like how I receive, you know, uh, adoration. You know, it's one of those where I, it, it affirms to me that I'm on the right path and it, it keeps you moving forward. Like Roman says, you got to you got to remember the times and what God has done for you so that when you go through the troubled times, you can see it through. Like you got to remember what it's already done for you. So I, I greatly, greatly appreciate that. I'm going to add this, uh, this this one thing I said I was going to drop off some of that, that vision that God has given me uh, here in the coming year. And one of those things, so I started I started the William Hall Foundation because, and what it is, is a scholarship 
for the underdog athlete. I love it. So just coming soon, it. you'll see me. I'm coming back to Gabby. I'm definitely going hey. out to a, a couple coaches. Some of the some of the coaches are the people that uh people that I played ball with when I, when we yep. were there. You know, that's gonna be a cool time and and I plan on partnering with them to be able to have that scholarship there just to take care of somebody's books because I was that person. I was I was that underdog. You know, I had that coach tell me, yeah, ain't nobody gonna give you a scholarship to play football. And I went and got two at two different two different schools. So like that that motivated me. So and I understand what it what it feels like to be there. So I'm definitely gonna give back in that same servant leadership and that same thought process as to if I got it, then I'm gonna give it. I love it. I appreciate it. And you know full well, tell people all the time, I always say Tharp Street runs deep. And <laughs> I don't care where you go, it's just something like that song that's something every time I try to leave, something pull pull me back. And right. I don't care where you go, it's in your blood, right? And so just know we'll be thankful for it. Be glad to have you home and see you. We got some things coming down the pipeline for alums, so you look out for that. Um, okay. Because I thank you so much, man. Do you mind giving us a prayer before we get out today? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you just giving thanks. We give thanks for the ability to share the talents, the gifts that you have placed upon our bodies, this, this journey of life that we're able to share through experience, this journey of life that we're able to share through love. We aim to do as the law of Christ, to share one another's burdens in everything that we do. We ask that everything that we do be holy and acceptable unto you, Father God. We hope to one day allow your glory to shine upon our faces so that we may be able to touch somebody else with that love and to know that you are God because they can see him through, uh, through us, Father God. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, servant leader, William Hall, you are now a part of the servant leader family. You've been a part of my family. <laughs> we add an extra layer now, man. And I just, I tell anybody, I feel like every time, every episode that we say that, I just see the front line that God, the regime that God is building to build up his kingdom, just grow. And I thank you for being a part of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, cuz. Thank you for having me on. I greatly appreciate you. I love you. Tell the baby, give it, get, get a baby a kiss for me. Tell I, I got I, you. You do the same. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> for sure, man. I definitely, definitely. I appreciate you. We thank you all for listening, and we're going to see you guys next time. Cuz, man, we off.